Hey all, it's Megan Snuckle. Welcome back. Today we're going to talk about an approach and evaluation of neck pain. As most of the things that we talk about, history and physical is crucial in um, the approach to neck pain because it really will help you save your patient money on, on imaging that are not, is not necessarily um, pertinent. So starting with the history, we want to know the location of the pain. Is it in the shoulder? Is it in the posterior neck muscles? Is it in the cervical spine itself? What about the chronicity? Was there any associated trauma with it? What kind of movement exacerbates this pain? Um, is it worse with flexion, extension, rotation, shoulder movement? Remember, don't use these words when you're um, getting your history. You don't say flexion or extension. You know, you can demonstrate it yourself. Does it hurt when you put your head forward or back um, to kind of keep that vernacular um, non-medical? <clears throat> you can ask about character. Is it dull, achy, sharp? Is there any radiation of the pain? Um, it's important to ask if there are any kind of um, radiculopathy symptoms, numbness, tingling, things like that. And then on top of just getting your, your history, you should always have those red flags for neck pain in the back of your head. Um, so, you know, any kind of systemic sign or symptom of infection, fevers, night sweats, weight loss, you know, if they're also an IV drug use, um, user or immunocompromised, you might think of an epidural abscess. Um, you know, you can ask questions about any kind of electric shock running down the spine with flexion of the neck. Uh, this is also called um, barber chair phenomenon. And um, this is, as I've just explained, just um, a sensation that goes down the spine. It can sometimes go into the legs and the arms and even the trunk. Um, and this is suggestive of a myelopathy. You know, if the patient has a history of chronic steroid use or malignancy or any kind of tenderness on palpation of the spine, then you're thinking more of a lytic lesion or a compression fracture. So once you've gotten your history, you've kind of you know, narrowed down, is this more mechanical or ridicular in nature? You've ruled out all the big bad bears with your, your questions on red flags. Um, and at this time, you can go to, go to the physical exam. So when you examine a patient with neck pain, it's important that they're sitting in a comfortable, neutral posture position, okay? You're gonna have the patient move their neck for, um, freely in all directions <clears throat> to see if they have any difficulties with rotation, um, flexion or extension. Um, and then you can make that assessment if they have any um, range of motion limitations. Then you're going to palpate the midline bony processes, okay? And if this is present, you really do need to get some vertebral um, imaging to rule out a pathology. Next, I want you to move to the um, laterally and palpate the posterior neck muscles, the trapezius, and the sternocleidomastoid muscles. And this is to identify if there's myofascial pain. Lastly, and most importantly, I think we forget this, is we need to do a neurological exam on these patients, both motor and sensor, sensory. So with your motor, you're gonna do strength of the shoulder, arm, forearm, and the hand muscles. Remember, those hand muscles are super important because it might be a sign of some um, uh, end-stage radiculopathy. Followed by a sensory exam of the upper limbs, there are provocative testing that's usually reserved for patients with um, suspected radic radiculopathy. You know, this is not terribly common, but if you have someone who's having neck pain with a history of rheumatoid arthritis, 
don't forget about their high risk of atlantoaxial dislocation and that um, you need to be cognizant of this um, to avoid any kind of hyperextension of the neck in these patients. So, you know, you've, you've um, done a history, you've done a physical, you're looking more of that this could be um, more of a mechanical neck pain, so something musculoskeletal. So what do you do for these patients? So, you know, you can um, send them for physical therapy, um, as well as give them home-based exercises and stretches that they can do on their own. Some pharmacological solutions, acetaminophen, short-acting oral NSAIDs like ibuprofen. These are first-line pharmacological agents for mechanical neck pain. You can also use topical NSAIDs. If not improved with NSAIDs, you can try a muscle relaxant such as cyclobenzaprine. So, you know, let's go down the other path. We've, we've um, asked our history, we've done our physical exam, and we're thinking this might be more radicular in nature. So if cervical radiculopathy is suspected, you need to confirm your clinical suspicion with provocative testing and identify a dermatomal pattern that exists by conducting a thorough neurological examination. Just to review briefly, if there is a C5 impingement, the patient's going to have difficulties with shoulder abduction, elbow flexion. They're going to have some sensory defects of the outer, outer arm and have a diminished bicep reflex. C6, moving down, you're going to have um, difficulties with wrist extension, elbow flexion, and pronation. Possibly some sensory defects of the first two digits and lateral forearm, and the reflex for the brachioradialis might be diminished. For C7, you're going to have difficulties with elbow extension, um, some sensory issues with third and fourth digits in the dorsal forearm, and your triceps reflex might be diminished. And then with C8, this is going to be all the way down, and you're going to have a patient who is having difficulties with intrinsic hand muscles um, and some maybe sensory difficulties in the fifth digit and medial forearm. You want to also ask if there's, if the, you know, ask yourself, is the weakness and symptoms bilaterally? Are there signs of overmotor neurons such as spasticity or hyperreflexia? These would need urgent neuroimaging. <clears throat> you can do a spurling test to help confirm your suspicion for cervical radiculopathy. The Sperling test is one of the most common provocative tests. It is performed by asking the patient to extend and laterally flex the neck towards the affected side, and then the examiner applies axial compression on the top of the head so as to provide a downward compression force which accelerates a foraminal narrowing. Uh, if you're having trouble with my description, you know, feel free to just look this test up so that you'll be prepared when you have your patient that presents with neck pain. The sensitivity of spurling, mostly because it's um, really user dependent, is very low at 33%. But the specificity is 97%. So if you do get a positive result, then you're most likely confirming your diagnosis. Some common causes of cervical radiculopathy is decreased foraminal space secondary to degenerative changes causing osteophytes. Cervical disc herniation is less common but does lead to development of acute symptoms compared to more insidious onset due to osteophytes. So going back to your history, what's the chronicity of this presentation? So now what do we do? We've confirmed our diagnosis of cervical radiculopathy. 
How can we help these patients? The initial management is conservative with interventions similar to those for mechanical neck pain. However, these, do, these patients do need to be watched carefully um, with follow-up to assess for any kind of non-resolving symptoms or new progressive muscle weakness. Imaging is only reserved for patients who do not have a response to conservative therapy by about four to six weeks of having this ongoing severe pain or progressive neurological symptoms. These patients should undergo an MRI of the cervical spine and also be referred to neurosurgical evaluation. An EMG is only indicative, excuse me, an EMG is only indicated when there's no clear culprit lesion on your MRI. You can give a patient a short course of oral corticosteroids, although the evidence on this is anecdotal. But there are therapies such as epidural and transveraminal injections of steroids. I hope you learned a little bit about how to evaluate or approach a patient with neck pain. We'll see you next week. Happy holidays.